Welcome to the second episode of a new podcast called Open Dialogue, the podcast for collaborative SEOs and digital marketers. In each and every episode, I'll be speaking with the best and brightest minds in SEO, in digital marketing, and beyond to find out how we can work more effectively, efficiently, and productively with other teams, departments, and clients. For this episode, I spoke with the entertaining and supremely knowledgeable Arno Hellmans. Arno is a freelance SEO and analytics consultant at Online Market Think and makes sure a business gets the most out of their online activities by leveraging Google Analytics as well as other data sources. Over the course of our chat, Arno shared some of his wide and varied experiences working with different development teams and senior stakeholders, and he shared how he's leveraged and developed his skills in SEO, SEM, analytics, and CRO. If you do enjoy this podcast, please share and shout about it on social using the hashtag open underscore dialogue. And you can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Marsden. You'll also be able to find a written recap of this podcast over on the Deepcrawl blog. You can find it by navigating to the page deepcrawl.com forward slash podcast, where you can also sign up to our mailing list and be notified when we release new episodes each and every other week. Before we get started, I would like to let you know that this podcast has been made possible by my employers, Deepcrawl. So if you are interested in improving the technical health and organic performance of the websites that you manage with an enterprise-level web crawler, then head on over to deepcrawl.com and have a look at how we can help. We've even got a two-week trial for you, but that's enough for the intro. Let's dive straight into the second episode of Open Dialogue with Arno Helmans. Okay, welcome to the show, Arno Helmans. Yeah, Yay. that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I actually, I, in doing my research on you, I realised that your name's actually spelled, is um, pronounced Helmans. Is that, yes, is that yes. correct? So it's not yes. Helmans like your, your Twitter no, profile no, picture but, would. But, but even then, you didn't look at it correctly because there is an extra E in my logo. Right, it okay. It just doesn't stand Slyly out. put in. Right, okay. <laughs> Missed that one there. Okay, um, for, for the listeners who don't know you, Arne, I'd point to a couple of different things that I think are quite notable about, mm. about you. Um, looking at your Instagram page, you love oysters. Like, every other photo is <laughs> is a plate full of oysters. And the second one... The second uh, type of photo you've got on, on your on your Instagram is just beach photos. So my question for you is like, do you just lead this like lavish life of luxury? Like, how do you fit in time for marketing with with all of, uh, with all of this these um, oysters and well, high living? Well, 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 the thing here is that um, um, I, I think we'll we'll get to it, but I think as an SEO, you should always be experimenting. And always be looking at different things and how does something work. And so in this case, everybody who is either following me on Instagram or knows me on in Instagram or sees these pictures is part of a social experiment. Right. Okay. So Being. What, I'm, what I'm basically trying to do here is um, exactly what you just did. Mm-hmm. You basically... I portrayed something, an image of somebody who has this bizarre life, Mm -hmm. but I don't. 
I just eat oysters <laughs> once every two weeks or once every week. I just take a genuine picture. Yeah. That's all I do. And and this is the way the human brain works. It it, it basically when when it associates a person with something, um it basically goes through all the pictures they've last seen of that person. Mm-hmm. But since everything is so visual on Instagram and Facebook, that overwrites all the other memories. Yep. And suddenly it just becomes, you become the oyster man or you become <laughs> the guy. that They, they even have hashtags. Right. They've got hashtag oyster time and hashtag my current view and hashtag... Has, Hashtag waiver time. So is this a thriving community or what? Well, it's slowly getting there. But uh, no, so it's part of an experiment I'm, I'm conducting. And it was such a success. I never have to talk about boring stuff anymore. I can just talk about oysters. Right. Okay. And everybody wants to have oysters with me. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I can tell you one person that doesn't want to have oysters with you. And that that is certainly me because I'll, I'll eat most types of food. Like I've been to places like Vietnam and tried a range of different things there but oysters there's just there's just something that's just a bit wrong about them but Ah, fair fair enough we can do a barbecue (laughs) we can do a barbecue because that's the other you can change my mind some point but um (laughs) yeah the other thing that i'd like our listeners to know about you is that i think you're the biggest lover of deep crawl merchandise that that i know (laughs) and that that spans everyone in our company and some people are um, it's a struggle to get them to wear the Deep Crawl t-shirt at events. And, um, but when, when I messaged you, Arno, to be on this podcast a yeah. couple of weeks ago, yeah. you were on holiday. Where was it? In, in, in Italy? S- yeah, in Italy, in Slovenia. Yeah. 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 Um, and what were, you, what were you wearing uh, I was wearing yeah, the Deep Crawl hat. <laughs> always, always repping the Deep Crawl merch. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, so I'd like to start this interview um, just by looking into how you kind of got into SEO and marketing and uh, where you, you kind of, um, where you started out. I actually read that you um, started out on the internet in 1992. I yes, imagine yes. things were slightly different back then. Definitely, yeah. definitely. That okay. was still dial-up. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was I, way I different. I remember those days just, just about. Just, just about. about but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've, I've always been involved. Um, and being on the internet. And when I graduated my studies, which was in 2000, the big bubble, uh, then um, I I basically saw something going really fast and it was the fast internet. I wanted a really fast internet. I was downloading all kinds of illegal games and software and everything because everything was all over the place. So I decided to, um, I, I, I found a job as a product manager slash owner um, at um, Telecom Italia. Uh, which was fast internet, and I got into it, went for the interview, and they said, well, you can't have this job, but you can be a support engineer. And I was like, yeah. oh. So I started off literally uh, as a graduate. Uh, I, I graduated, and I was a support engineer. And it was boring, but it was also very interesting. And within three years, two years, I was le- leading the development Mm-hmm. for the software oh. we were using to deliver fast DSL lines, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing. Uh, I got to fly to uh, to London every week on yeah. business class. Nice. It was just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so fast forward, did that, did the same thing for France Telecom. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was approached by a friend of mine uh, to set up a a thing like Right Move, right, I would say, okay. uh, in the Netherlands, but more content focused. Mm-hmm. So there was all the houses for rent and everything, but. Uh, there was also a big part where we will talk about how do you renovate, how do you, um, uh, how do you get financing for it, um, where can you find the best builder, how do you question a builder, like all of these kind of things, um, and we spent eleven million in about a year, That's two years. Pretty good going. Yeah, exactly, um, and we fucked up everything in SEO. Like we got multiple <laughs> H1 tags, yeah. no unique page titles, literally uh, that. Sounds uh, like and a nightmare. <laughs> no, but it was relatively awesome because um, um, we asked for people to give. But there wasn't, there were hardly any agencies involved at that time. Um, and then we we asked for them, one of them to come up with a proposal, and they gave us a proposal, 15K, to do an audit. And I thought, well, how difficult can that be? <laughs> so I started reading SEO Moz, the right. blog yeah. and the beginner's guide mm-hmm. and everything, and I just started making changes. Yeah. And I saw the rankings go up and everything. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. And we still had keywords and analytics. This was like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's how I rolled into it. But then uh, it was owned by a bank, uh, one of the bigger banks in the Netherlands. And because mm-hmm. of the crisis in 2008, the financial yeah. crisis, right. they pulled the plug. Uh, I was disabled at the time, so unable to work. And uh, I basically, um, I, I, I was still there. So they sold it for one euro. And I was still there, and the people who bought it basically got me into touch with uh, a, a conversion and SEO agency. Right. But this was really back in the days. And the founder of that agency, he, he has now sold it, uh, Robin Allenson, he brought me into touch with two probably the best Dutch SEOs. One is Joost de Valk. Mm-hmm. The guy yep, behind yep. the Yoast plugin, mm-hmm. um, and Peter van der Graaf, who is uh, an awesome SEO uh, about uh, a little black hat. Right. But okay. it was awesome and amazing, and and those two guys uh, I spent the whole day with, and then I started buying links of all the famous link sellers back yeah. then, and. And um, and I decided, you know what, um, I, I wanted to become part of the agency. And then they said, no, you have to pay me a lot of money. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I started my own. Right. Um, so ever since then, I've been freelancing, which was 2010, I guess, 11. Yeah. Right. Something That's like that. a fair amount of time. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. What kind of what kind of clients are you working with these days? Um, uh, these days, um, so I'm a shareholder. I'm working for uh, Sidley, uh, yeah. which is a babysitting platform in yeah. ten countries now. We just launched Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about a million uniques a month, so right. that's okay. quite a decent yeah. one. Um, then I've got Vintage Cash Cow, where I'm also uh, uh, involved with heavily uh, mm-hmm. for the past four years. They buy old stuff uh, yeah. and they resell it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's it's a company they're based in Leeds. Um, so I'm working for them. Um, uh, apart from that, I've got a few clients in the Netherlands, um, and I'm helping out one of the biggest financial institutions in the UK. Right. Okay. For about three days a week, and then the rest I just help other companies. How, right. <laughs> That's what I do. And um, you've got a lot on your plate then. Uh, yeah. More than more than uh, just oysters. That's for uh, sure. More than just oysters. <laughs> However, when I I've got three kids uh, and a lovely wife, yeah. so. Um, uh, but not all the kids love oysters. Right. Um, okay. Two of them do, Good. but one Good. doesn't. I can, so, I can relate to yeah. two of your children. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the thing is, I uh, I can't have oysters uh, a lot there. But mm-hmm. when I'm in the UK, like I am now, yeah, nothing's uh, holding me back to have some oysters tonight. Yeah, brilliant. So, uh, so yeah, uh, th- that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so um, in terms of the the people that you work with um, in these companies, yeah. say the large financial yeah, yeah. organization, how who are you kind of working with there, and and what does your kind of day to day work with them? What does that look like? Um, well, basically, um, I've been hired to just help them mm-hmm. uh, uh, skill up. So that mm-hmm. means uh, training the, the internal people, um, but also do a sanity check on uh, whether everything is yeah. properly done mm-hmm. um, and to build safeguards and to help them hire the right people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a more generic. Uh, it's basically uh, the way I like to see it is like just an optimizer. Mm-hmm. I, I like to optimize. I don't have really go- real goals. I just yeah. want to make everything better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically my my goal up there. Uh, it mm-hmm. starts with SEO, but it's not purely SEO. It's also about data integrity. Yeah. Um, because in my opinion, we all should be very data-driven. Um, but then you also need to have mm-hmm. the right data to act upon, yeah. which in a lot of cases isn't the case. Right. So because of double measurement, because of not setting the filters correct or not measuring the right goals, or I've seen companies spend um, 200K a month without measuring goals. Mm-hmm. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> like, literally. So, so, and then they say, we want to rank higher. I'm like, no, <laughs> you first need to fix the basics. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's about my role. So some people will also hire me uh, to do A-B test. But mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, I'll just come in and say, you shouldn't be A-B testing. You should yeah. just increase your load time or, or decrease your load time. You need to just fix the basics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions based on that. The yeah. first one, yeah. um, you said that you're involved in the hiring so what are you looking for there in terms of skills, kind of uh, kind of personal qualities um, to make, I guess, I presume it's SEOs that you're helping to hire there or not necessarily? No, it's, it, no, no, no. So it's, it's more, um, um, they call it experience managers, which mm. essentially means single point of context that, that will 
do the testing, we'll do the analytics, um, but we'll also do the actual content. Um, mm -hmm. So one of the things we've changed is previously it would state like um, at least five years of relevant uh, industry experience. Mm -hmm. One of the things I'm seeing is like, If you want to change a big financial or a big pharmaceutical or a big online supermarket or a it, it you shouldn't hire the one that you're competing with because they're not doing it in any better fashion. Mm -hmm. What you need is people that are open uh, to change mm -hmm. because that's what you're trying to achieve. Okay, so. One of the things we did was we removed that, mm -hmm. which opened a whole bunch of new people yeah. uh, being open to apply. So it's kind of like a, a lazy sort of um, criteria that, that doesn't really mean anything in terms of, I, I guess, years of experience does mean something, does count for yeah, something. Yeah, but, but, but years of experience in, in the same industry yeah. doesn't yeah. help you to move forward. No. So you're looking for people with different perspectives? And, exactly. Right. Different perspectives, different... It, it's more like... Uh, so uh, one of the people we hired, she used to be a teacher. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, somebody else we hired came from a wh whole different background mm -hmm. or a different industry. Not different background, but different industry. And what you see is that these people have a different mindset. Mm -hmm. They're not especially in the financials and, and insurance, uh, people are very reluctant to make changes. Yeah, right. Because of the nature of the industry. Mm -hmm. So so what you want is different people that are able to make these changes mm -hmm. and are open to, I wouldn't say experiment, but to challenge what's there. Right, okay. Because otherwise it won't move forward. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, and the second thing I wanted to ask about was um, in terms of, like you were saying, that goals weren't set up for, for ages. Yeah. Was that with this, this financial company? Or, um, no, that, that's... Multiple that, others. <laughs> no, no, I've multiple others. Mm -hmm. Literally right. multiple okay. others. And I've had discussions like... Um, um, we're a big brand. Our direct traffic is 80%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> no, well, well, the thing is, direct traffic in GA is anything GA can't bucket into anything else. Yeah, it's like the shithole of <laughs> analytics. So, um, so, so these I, are. I think that's examples. taken straight from uh, analytics. The the Google documentation that is the <laughs> di direct traffic, the shithole of uh, traffic attribution. Yeah, exactly, like because it is. <laughs> Yeah. Because it literally is. If you understand the way it buckets things, um, and if these assumptions are still floating around, mm -hmm. how the heck can you improve stuff? Yeah. Okay. So where exactly does this sort of um, kind of incompetence stem from? Is it just a complete lack of consideration and understanding or um, people being ignored and not being able to communicate the value of what they're they're trying to achieve within a large I, I think, organization. I think I think there's multiple 
things here. I think one of the biggest ones is that a um, lot of people, so when you work in a relatively big or large organization, you come in and you want to change all kinds of stuff. And then when you've made, when you've tried to make changes, it was just barrier after barrier after barrier. And at some point you just give up. <laughs> and you mean just move on to something else? Or, exactly, you know? or just because one of the barriers basically, no, that can't be done. Um, and because you haven't been in other organizations where it could be done, you mm -hmm. basically, literally, it's just, it's going to be like that. Mm -hmm. So, for for instance, uh, uh, so one of the companies I used to consult with, I came in and I said, well, um, guys, why is caching set to 15 minutes? And they were like, well, that's because otherwise, if we change something, uh, it won't be visible for our users. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, well, what the heck? You can do that with hashing. You can do it with e-tags. There's multiple ways to do it. And mm -hmm. then you can cache it for three months. Right. Um, and they were like, well, the dev set, we couldn't do it. And mind you, this was a huge website, mm -hmm. millions of visitors. Right. And that's, I think, it's it's purely because the lack of understanding and the lack mm -hmm. of challenging. Yeah. And the other thing is that um, devs are open to change as long as you take them along, as long as you build a relationship. Mm -hmm. You can't just go to somebody. It's like, why is this? <laughs> the first reaction yeah. will be... Yeah, you're going to get no, offensive. No. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to they're they're mm -hmm. retreat and they're going to yeah. go defensive. And mm -hmm. So um, building the relationship is extremely important. So mm -hmm. I've spoken with a few agency owners and uh, and one of them is actually implementing it. Right. Uh, now, um, where he basically says, my S if we do SEO work for them, we do it one or two days from their office. Mm -hmm. Literally, right. their office. We're just going to go there, sit there, and build the relationship. Yeah. Because, and have dinner with them, or go to drinks with mm -hmm. them, build a relationship based on something else. Yeah. Because that will make them understand, and, and, and then gradually progress that into a, wor a nice working relationship mm -hmm. instead of just coming in saying why is this yeah. yeah you also often hear people go oh just buy your devs a pizza or something like that and it's like uh, you need a, to build this kind of longer term relationship exactly yeah. and and um and from an agency perspective there is a very cool thing in here as well is because if you get embedded within a company mm -hmm. And you deliver results. Are they going to kick you out? Probably not. No. Exactly. So, it, and um, I guess it's also way better for your people. Mm -hmm. So, if you employ an agency of say twelve or fifteen people or twenty people or twenty-five people, um, them being able to sit at a client and work with them, mm -hmm. it, it's like that's a benefit. 
mm-hmm. of working somewhere. Yeah. Not just sit in the office and then fire off emails and Slack messages. And No, they actually get to sit with new people, new inspirations. Mm-hmm. They see things happening. They understand where the hooks are. You can, like, there's so much to gain. Mm-hmm. So is there still a necessity for having an agency at that point if if they're these people are coming in and basically being part of the organization no but only for one or two days right um and they they might work do it once every two weeks Mm -hmm. um but um no i think yes um because um when you're too deep into your own product Mm -hmm. you tend to lose focus yeah and you tend to not be on top of your game. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you uh, if you hire an agency and they work on different projects, they see different things they can yeah. reuse. Right. Um, I was once told like four or five years ago, and I, then seven or eight years ago, I said, Arnold, you just become the travel SEO guy in Europe. And I'm like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Because then I become a one-trick pony. Right. I want to work on... Uh, multifaceted uh, searches in on e-commerce, but I also want to do local search, and I also want to do because mm-hmm. I can learn from everything, yeah, and I can progress my knowledge, mm-hmm. and I can understand what's needed. Whereas if I would just be travel, I would just be reusing stuff yeah. on a new client. Right. So How much fun is in there? Mm-hmm. Not much, no. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's really great uh, but i'm hoping we can move on to some more kind of specific stories now and if we could look at yeah. some maybe some instances where it's gone terribly wrong within an organization you kind of mentioned before yeah. Yeah. um with without goals being set up and yeah. the amount of money that's being wasted there but have you got any real kind of disaster oh, stories you can yeah, share with us? I've, I've, I've got a I've got a pretty pretty big one. Uh, I can't name the client, but uh, we were asked to rebuild a whole platform. Mm-hmm. Rebuild platform yeah. um, that was already underway, mm-hmm. um, and at that time there were ten devs, right? Uh, eight devs. Mm-hmm. Um, they used a, a CMS which was Sidecore, right? Um, and I was a bit wary. Because mm-hmm. I don't really like Sitecore. <laughs> uh, right. what, what, what's the problem with Sitecore? Uh, was, is it still around now? It's still around. <clears throat> it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on .NET. Um, it, um, it, it, the ease of use is relatively okay for the back end, but in the front end it becomes mm-hmm. quite clunky. In a lot of cases, uh, not all cases, depending on. So, the, but they were just using it as a data storage, mm-hmm. um, and then the front end was um, uh, a React app. Mm-hmm. Right, cool. Mm-hmm. So when I started, um, there were eight really good freelance devs working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the website was about three hundred and f- the whole web page, the whole website. Mm-hmm. was a 300 kilobytes JavaScript file. Right. That was it. Right. And it would run the whole website. Uh, that 
that uh, company decided, because of probably politics, but I don't know, mm -hmm. to scale up the number of devs. So okay. within half a year, we there were 120 devs working on it. <laughs> um, and that creates problems. What, what, what do you think is the biggest problem it created? Um, I'd imagine coordinating things between that many people might be a challenge and kind of getting, <laughs> getting things actioned might, might be a bit of a challenge there. No, I think getting things action wasn't a problem, mm -hmm. but doing it in an efficient and right, coordinated uh, with, sort of way mm. is virtually impossible. Right. Okay. So what happened was fast forward a year, mm -hmm. that 300 kilobytes that was running the whole website yeah. became 3.7 megs right. of JavaScript. Okay. <laughs> So just increasing complexity. No, but but three point <clears throat> seven megs. Mm -hmm. If I were to crawl that with ex uh, uh, and and using Chromium to crawl it, mm -hmm. um, literally with my desktop crawler, it it, it my, almost my laptop will almost melt. <laughs> like, it was that heavy, right? Because it needed to execute three point seven megs yeah. of JavaScript, right? Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I did an audit with one of the devs, and we reckoned we could bring it back to 480 kilobytes mm -hmm. right. without losing any functionality. Right. So this is what happens if you try to scale without... without um, because... All these devs, if they're on a time pressure, they'll mm -hmm. just reuse something they already used. Right. Yeah. So they, they will call libraries multiple times, uh, uh, outdated ones. Like it's, like, it's, it's really, really, really messy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah? So this, this is a big example on how not to set up your development stuff. Okay. Um. <clears throat> What happened? What was the result of that? Did you manage to bring it back down to 480 or? No, you, we, right. we managed to bring it back to about a meg. Right. But that is a huge decrease. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, and then I uh, I moved on because they get, got a permanent SEO in. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we still got to do. But it's... Um, it, I think the main reason was that um, they were having the wrong priorities. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and they basically hired more people because if you have more people in your organization, you're more important. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it's probably politics. So, uh, so that's a big example. Um, another one uh, where I would say uh, things we're getting really messy is when you decide upon using a certain platform mm -hmm. without having looked at this at what you actually need mm -hmm. i've right. seen that happen multiple times so for for one for a big insurer in the netherlands mm -hmm. uh, build a big platform um and halfway through that process and this was about six seven years ago i went like why are we using 
a CMS which costs 300K and is loading my e-learning modules Mm -hmm. in 28 seconds. (laughs) Why the heck are we doing this? Um, and I and I saw that in the first proof of concept, and they said, "Well, because you chose that, we sold you this, so now we need to use it." Right. Um, fast forward, I think about nine months. I I basically went into a meeting. I said, "Guys, uh, would you mind giving me twenty five k, and I'll rebuild it in WordPress?" Mm-hmm. And we did. And it was way faster. And bear in mind, we spent 750K on the previous one. And now we rebuild it for 25K and now it ranked, it Mm -hmm. did everything correct. Why does it get until that point? Why are there no voices of reason before it kind of... No, no, it's because people... So Mm -hmm. um, uh, people that make these decisions have a lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So they basically look at so so a salesperson comes in and saying, "Oh, our CMS is used by bank, 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 all yeah. these big financial institutions, so mm-hmm. it's the best for you as well." Yeah, and they sign up, and, and they basically mm-hmm. tick the boxes right. and say, "Let's sign up," mm-hmm. and and then you start building upon it, and you go like, and, and somebody who wants to question that in a lot of these organizations, it's very. Uh, it's through a hierarchy. So you're not going to question your boss mm-hmm. and you're not going to question the boss above that. Yeah. So does it take an external voice coming in to, to question these things for the people high enough up to listen? Or uh, Ideally, what? ideally not because they should be consulted before that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, ideally. <laughs> ideally. But uh, in a lot of cases, that's not the case. So, yeah, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's basically shaking up things and, and, and trying to get them reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why I think uh, if I want to make an impact, I want to be hired with C-level uh, uh, backup. Mm-hmm. Because if a marketing manager, um, and we'll get to, and I, I, I think we spoke about this in Leeds, um, mm-hmm. the way I look at SEO is there's three pillars. Um, mm-hmm. One is the technical part. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is basically the technical part on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so what's the website built like? How does crawling work? And uh, like everything. Then we've got the content part. And then there's the third one, which is the popularity part, which is the link building, the creative content, the outreach, the PR, Mm -hmm. everything. Um, Traditionally, and I think this is the biggest problem in old um, companies that want to transform digitally, Mm -hmm. is that um, when you have a brick-and-mortar store... um, you had a store manager, uh, category managers, who basically provided the layout of the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Uh, they provided the products. These are the first two pillars in SEO. Right. The technical part and the content. Mm-hmm. And then there was a third one, which was marketing, and they made sure that people would find the brick-and-mortar store and buy stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, 
since we've all been talking in SEO, we've all only been talking to, about rankings and traffic. Mm -hmm. Automatically, um, when you think about hiring an SEO, uh, that it's the third one mm -hmm. because it's about getting people yeah, in. The results, yeah. But mm -hmm. the problem is the first two which are the store manager and the one, the category manager, mm -hmm. they, they are in a different department than marketing. Yeah. So if I come in and I want to make changes to the way this website is built, mm -hmm. I'm not hired by the right stakeholder. Right. Okay. So I'm hired in marketing. So marketing now has to transform my message or, or repackage it mm -hmm. and then sell it to a stakeholder that then needs to prioritize it. Yeah. But he doesn't know what to prioritize, why to prioritize. So a lot of it gets lost in translation. Mm -hmm. This is why some agencies are now moving into, I'm a pure technical SEO agency. Mm -hmm. I don't do the PR stuff. Yeah. And other ones are, I do the PR stuff. Mm -hmm. And other ones are like, I'm content and yeah. PR. Mm -hmm. So you see a kind of a split. Right, so it's less all kind of thrown in together into... Well, what I see is that when I started with this big uh, financial institution, um, mm -hmm. there was a backlog of SEL points, but they were definitely not prioritized. Right. They were sent in like a year ago, but nobody mm -hmm. was sponsoring internally. Yeah. So... So the the, com the part of the company that that created the backlog and prioritized stuff mm -hmm. didn't know about SEO. Right. Okay. So it takes someone to to come in and explain the importance and kind of build up these and sorts the of relationships, relationships and yeah. and, and mm -hmm. understand and and explain and give them tools. Mm -hmm. um, so if you if you want to look at uh, say I don't know uh, code wastage or um, how responsive images work, then mm -hmm. you have to show them in person. Yeah. Um, so a great way of doing it is, and what I, what I just did in a, in a project, I basically went in and got one of the people managing the website to just change all the imagery to an optimized format. Mm -hmm. We lost about 50% page load, which equaled in a two-second uh, uh, well, faster web, web page. Mm -hmm. And that alone was worth money. Yeah. Um, and so some changes you actually just need to make. Mm -hmm. Show the results and then you'll get buy-in. Right. And who are you showing the results to here? Like, are, you, are you talking about... Broad. Mm -hmm. I just become very... Um, energetic and enth enthusiastic <laughs> when when I get these results. Yeah. When I can literally use a tool like GT Metrics or Lighthouse to show that my score or my page size has mm -hmm. decreased by this much, which equals in so many seconds. Yeah. If I can literally show a before and after, mm -hmm. this is also why you want to have the measurement in place. Mm -hmm. Benchmark yourself. Yeah. Um, so uh, another great way of doing it is um, I built dashboards uh, using Crux. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I'm, Crux. I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the Chrome UX report. 
Yeah. Uh, so if you, I think if you Google Crux, we'll we'll mm-hmm. add it in the show notes, I guess. Um, a great way what I did was in Data Studio, I created three reports on time to interactive for mm-hmm. all the biggest competitors and yeah. challengers in the mm-hmm. financial market. Yeah. Um, just to show them you're not, you're, you're as good as your biggest, uh, uh, not competitor, but the nearest old mm-hmm. financial institution. Yeah. But all the challengers are like twice as fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoy those um, those dashboards too. I've been building them out um, a fair bit myself. And there was a revenue impact calculator as well, which um, I think they've... I've no, no, it's recently. still there. Is it? It's still there. Okay. Yeah. It's, is um, it hidden it's away in, or something? Uh, it's in Think with Google. Right, okay. Um, it's still there. Um, I don't really like it. Okay. Um, what is it? Oversimplified? Or? Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Say, mm-hmm. say, if you're an insurer mm-hmm. uh, and you've got ten insurance products, yeah. one of them has a lifetime value of two hundred k, another one of ten k, right? Uh, okay. Another one of one k. Say mobile phone insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. So the way the calculation works is give me an average value mm-hmm. on yeah. that. Yeah, which is difficult to do. Which BS. <laughs> so, um, so the way we've now approached mm-hmm. it is we literally looked at our conversion rates, at our current rankings, and then we looked at like how much can you go up and down. Mm-hmm. What will the impact on organic traffic will be? Be, yeah. and if we can see that, we'll we'll get. Um, so if you create business case, what you want to do is you want to have a worst case scenario, mm-hmm. which is still positive. Yeah. Um, but you want to under promise and over deliver. Yeah. So what yep. I usually do is the worst case scenario, I divide it by two or three mm-hmm. and keep that as a worst case scenario. Right. Okay. Um, but the most positive one, I'll just keep it. Mm-hmm. Um. And in a lot of these cases, we're talking about millions. Mm-hmm. That is not left on the table. Right. Um, another way of approaching it, say, um, what you can do is, say, for instance, um, if you talk about optimizing page size, mm-hmm. yeah, if you can shave off uh, two megs per, per page, mm-hmm. um, even in... Um, in hosting, if you've got tens of millions of sessions a month, yeah, that equals to money. Mm-hmm. And if that can already pay for it, then mm-hmm. that's the only thing you need to do. Right. Because that is a saving you can have. Mm-hmm. And then the added value comes on top of it. Yeah. Okay. So there's different ways of approaching this. Mm-hmm. So are you saying, though, that you need to create your own sort of... Uh, model to to calculate to calculate that because the generic ones that provided by google they're not in most cases going to be as as useful yeah or you 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 take that and you you do it based on an average and then you Mm -hmm. divide it by two yeah or three (laughs) just to be on the safe side and you tell them like we've used this tool Mm -hmm. um but to take out any of your doubts on it we've just divided it by three mm-hmm. to be on the safe side. Yeah. And we still leave so much on the table. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So there isn't the chance that there, 
They're getting unrealistic expectations at all. Exactly, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Because um, uh, you need it for business cases, but nothing is as uh, difficult as a as 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 doing this in SEO. Mm-hmm. Because I don't yeah. know when say say you're an OTA. We've just had a. Um, online travel uh, um, agency. So, uh, or I apply app or whatever. I don't know what OTA stands for. Do you know? OTA, no. Yeah. Not... So, but basically booking is an OTA. Uh, Expedia is an OTA. Right. Um, so, so basically, if Google moves deeper into flights and hotels, mm-hmm. I can have a very cool business case. For, right. But if they if they take away uh, all my organic ways of ranking, yeah. then yeah, what's going to happen? Mm. So always trying to be on the safe side when you do these business uh, calculations, business mm-hmm. case calculations, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen or how the landscape's going to change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, so, have, are there any other stories that you'd like to tell us? Maybe maybe on the more successful side or um yeah some uh, an example of a time when maybe um you've benefited an organization in a, a really kind of positive way yeah um so uh so there's multiple luckily mm-hmm. uh because this was all on 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 the worst case but yeah. um uh, i still remember uh so so for instance um we did a quick fix um, because we had a lot of problems with uh, uh, internal tracking parameters mm-hmm. that would show up. Um, and um, what somebody previously did was uh, they re- they blocked them in robots.txt. Right. So if all of your non-navigational links... Or have a tracking parameter, mm-hmm. they were blocked uh, from crawling in the robots.txt. Okay, that's, so that's not good at all. <laughs> uh, well, in a way, it's good to do it um, if you don't have a canonical in place. Right. Uh, if you have the canonical in place, you should have removed it because you don't want to basically create. Uh, say so. This website had instead of mm, 10k URLs, they got about 120k URLs indexed. Right. Okay. It results, so not even excluded, but results in the <laughs> right. search engine. Mm-hmm. Big brand. Um, so we fixed it. Uh, we got the canonical in place, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, we fixed uh, the. Um, uh, uh, the parameter handling. We removed the blocking from uh, from the robot sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, crawl rates Google went through yeah. the roof, mm-hmm. um, and rankings literally got a twenty thirty percent uplift. Amazing, right? Um, quick fix, mm-hmm. easy fix. Okay, and. In terms of how you go about actioning that within an organisation, like how oh, what, what so, does that so, side of it look like? This is personal contact. Right. Um, this is trust. Yeah. This is literally... So in a lot of cases, technical people uh, that have a mean... that want to change stuff, mm-hmm. um, but don't have, say, six, 70% of the knowledge, 
if you help them make a better case mm-hmm. uh, and you help them solve some of their problems. Yeah. I just tweeted something today. Is like, how do you become an expert in your niche? Mm-hmm. Just help people for free and yep. don't expect anything in return. Mm-hmm. So I helped this person in the, in the company with some of the questions he had and I provided them and, and, and just helped them listen yeah. to his problems, uh, provided them with some feedback, mm-hmm. um, listen to his frustrations, which were pretty much the same as mine. Yeah. Um, and then I basically said, can we make this change? And he was like, sure, let's just do it. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's a personal, uh, so when he left the company, uh, to work for something else, he didn't want to leave, but he was made redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reached out to me as one of the first people. This is because you have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So have, having a personal relationship with people who can make these changes mm-hmm. and you trust them is like key. Yeah. That's the way to That's, do it. If I would have gone through the whole process, mm-hmm. because even the agency that put the Road 60 in said, no, you shouldn't remove that. Right. I'm like, well, I guess you should. <laughs> um, so that was one example. Um, right. I think uh, other ones that I've seen is when you... Ah, oh, we've all had these. Um, so when you do a site migration, mm-hmm. so some somehow people do site migrations, but uh, they fuck up the three hundred ones. You see it's, it everywhere. It's fairly common, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or so I think uh, some of the biggest ones in there is uh, reclaim old links. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So so you set up reports in GA that give you the 404s and the referrers. You do uh, you do uh, basically you can do HREVs or uh, link research tools to find the old 404s. Yep. Um, so what I see agencies do is here's all your broken links, fix them. Right, and there's nothing nothing else with that. It's just. A, yeah. a list of recommendations. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas what what these companies want is yeah. you to do that little extra and go mm-hmm. like, these links are broken, yeah. um, and this is where you should point them, mm-hmm. and these are the pages you should, you should recreate or yeah. bring back up right. because they're very valuable, and, and this is how we would recommend doing mm-hmm. all of that. Um, what do you think the reason for that is? Is it... A, a lack of knowledge on the agency's part there, or is it just like a lack of time or like what? I think it's a lack of knowledge on how companies work. Right. Like everybody's busy. Mm-hmm. So if you give them things that are partly finished, yeah, they're not going to finish it off for you. Yeah. They're too busy with their stakeholders and all their meetings. Like when I'm at big companies, something I really want to change is is like uh, half of the people have meetings ninety percent of the day. <laughs> How the fuck can you get anything done? Yeah, sometimes so, they have meetings in their meetings. Exactly, and... <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so, so. Point being, if you want to get stuff done, 
do it and make it extremely simple. Yeah. Saying, okay. here's a file. So just put this in your HDXs. Mm -hmm. yep. Just do it. And mm -hmm. here's a guide on how to do it. Yeah. That's, that's far more action. And, and ideally, you put it on your own blog on how to do it. So you reference them on your own blog. They might send it mm -hmm. forward. Like, there are so many things you can do. But I, I guess that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. those, those are just the things. I've, I've just had it with one client, uh, a university in the UK. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, um, yeah, we know we have broken links. <laughs> yeah, but we would love you guys to just come up with this is the links and these you should reach out and these you should update and right. these were the ones you should redirect mm -hmm. because I don't have time to go through this list. I don't even know whether it's worth it. Mm -hmm. That's why I hire people like you. Yeah. I'm like, sure. And that's just one of the examples. Mm -hmm. Make it very tangible and easy for them. Mm -hmm. People are willing to do stuff as long as it doesn't suck up their time. Right. So you're doing most of the legwork and, yeah. Exactly. Mm, nice. Okay. Um, moving on in terms of advice and that you'd provide for people, maybe in terms thinking about uh, if maybe if you're working freelance or agency side in terms of the clients you work with, mm -hmm. How would you go about choosing a good organization to, to try and get involved with? So ah. I guess actually that might be in-house as well. So when you're, you're going about, yeah, choosing what kind of sites you want to work on. Uh, okay. So, so I have my own process for that. Okay. Um, uh, because in the beginning, um, I think the biggest um, pitfall is that you just want to earn money. Mm -hmm. So you take on everything you want. Yeah. You can get. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that pivots you away from what you want to do. Yeah. In some cases. Mm -hmm. And in some cases you might up end up. So probably every single agency owner I've spoken with uh has gone through the process of needing to fire a client mm -hmm. or doesn't know that but if you ask them like do you have a drainer yeah. do you have somebody who drains your energy yeah. energy so um so basically your question is how do you prevent for for these drainers to become your clients yeah yeah, yeah. um and also how i'm choosing choosing uh, clients that are where you're going to have an impact, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. So so basically, you do a pre-audit. Mm -hmm. So you get access to their GA, Search Console. Uh, then you do a pre-audit. You look at broken links. You do all, all of these kind of things. A crawl. Uh, get, all, get everything. Mm -hmm. uh, just a simple uh, idea of what's where, where the biggest points are. Um, and then what I tell them is we can do a session. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Right. Um, and in the first session, I usually only do analytics. Mm -hmm. So I, I audit their analytics setup. Mm -hmm. Are they measuring goals? Are they using e-commerce? Are they, what are they all doing? So this comes into the, the kind of data integrity that you're exactly. mentioning earlier. And then I do nothing for a month. Right. Okay. Well, just oysters and... 
<laughs> or uh, set up the same thing in another client. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but um, I do nothing on that site right. for about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, reason being, I basically want to prove that what we've done has increased our bottom line. Right, okay. Yeah. So you're just setting a baseline. Exactly. Yeah. Because, so the first session is just, and the other thing is, I would need something setting the baseline mm-hmm. because I want to basically measure form validations or that kind of stuff. So I need dev resources as well. Mm-hmm. So that first session sets the stage on the way of working. So I asked them, like, how much time do you need to get all of mm-hmm. your stuff in order? So you're just kind of testing the waters, exactly. saying, like, <laughs> exactly. how, how painful is this process going to be? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and um, so I've had clients that told me that they needed a month, and after two weeks they called me and said, we're done. Mm-hmm. And then we can move on. Right. I've also had clients where that first process was supposed to take four weeks, but it took eight. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then they try. So I basically tell them, you can have an extension once, mm-hmm. but if you can't get it done, we're not made for each other. Right. Okay. Because in a lot of cases, it's those two pillars where you want to make the impact. Mm-hmm. Where, it, where this is where I focus most of my work. I don't do outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I help them with creative ideas. I help them with uh, um, recommending agencies that are really good at that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just can't do it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I focus on the first two pillars. But if I want to make an impact on the first two pillars, mm-hmm. then I need to be hired the right way and and the only way for them to show it is by doing this mm-hmm. okay right yeah and then you can move on but mm-hmm. literally i think the biggest one is just fire fire your first client literally yeah. tell them we're not made for each other <laughs> oh, yeah that, that sounds like it could be easier said than done but yeah no it's 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 it always is yeah. um and I was just uh, chatting to uh, to Ross, and Ross basically Ross Taipei. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told me like, hey, "I'm gonna fire a client. Um, I, I'm done." And then in the afternoon, I spent. I, I you, hope he doesn't mind you sharing that. But. Uh, no, 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 but, no, no, no. I no, I hope so. Not. Uh, but it, it's it's a positive thing because yeah. he came out and he said they were really really happy and they wanted to increase and do all all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I guess. Uh, that's also boils down to having the right communication with w- with the other uh, company, the company you work for. Mm-hmm. I see so many agencies just go under, yeah, and they just send the invoice. They get paid. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, one one other kind of horror story. It's not SEO based, okay. but um, if you are in a big company or in a small company and mm-hmm. you have an agency running your PPC, mm-hmm. the thing you want to do is you want to log into Google Ads, you want to go into the change history. Right. Because you probably pay them 1000 a month, mm-hmm. 2000 a month, and you just look at how many changes have been made mm-hmm. in the yeah. past month. Yep. Uh, this is this is hitting home. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
So, so in a lot of cases, yeah. uh, what you'll see is that nothing that, that, that they're not producing, and mm. this also has to do with the fact that you don't speak to them. Yep. You just send It's the invoice, just, yeah. and, and you get to a point, and you think, "What are we paying this money for again?" <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so. Uh, I run uh, a reasonable amount of Google Ads campaigns and I spend um, about half a day a week or a day a week just going through them and managing them, um, updating negatives, uh, setting out new uh, uh, ad tests mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean... So the, the key problem with agencies going under, do you think it's around what you were talking about earlier with embedding themselves in the client's organization then? Um, no, it's or, it's or getting not. hired by the right stakeholders. Right. So if you focus on CRO, you mm -hmm. shouldn't be hired by the marketing person. Right, okay. Uh, if you do technical SEO, you want to be hired by the responsible level within the company. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be hired by marketing. Yeah. If you do PR and creative content, Fine. definitely get hired mm -hmm. by marketing. Yeah. It's a different business function. That's what, right. And then you're on the mm -hmm. same level, same page. You can deliver. You don't have to sell anything. Mm -hmm. Try to sell technical stuff to a marketeer. Mm. It's, it's not easy. No. Yeah. <laughs> And make sure he translates it to technical people in the right way. Yeah. Definitely it's... not easy. Mm -hmm. Lost in translation is a big problem. Yeah. This is something that um, we're doing a deep call at the moment. So... I sit on the marketing team yeah. and we've got all of these product guides and they, they've been going up on the, the website and mm. they look great, but there's just a, a little bit of like kind of marketing veneer that needs to be put on them, something that needs to be just make them a bit more user-friendly because it can't just be technical documentation. So yeah. it I is think, its own. I, th I, think, I think the biggest problem, uh, I think... The, the really cool stuff about this is, uh, and I've not only seen it at DeepCrawl, but also mm -hmm. at other tool suppliers, is that yeah. um, um, the way technical people talk about stuff is not the way some of your users do. Mm -hmm. Right. So using that language mm -hmm. for searching... Yeah. is uh, and and for uh creating this content is so massively important mm -hmm. yeah. um because they have a problem and they're gonna type in the problem in google and yeah. then you should supply the the answer to the problem yeah, exactly. whether it be in an faq snippet or uh or a feature snippet or yeah. uh in, in in different ways mm -hmm. but it can't be that they go to the page and read about it and they can't find it yeah there's this whole process of understanding your audience and yeah the way exactly. that they're searching and, for and, and that's different. way more important mm -hmm. than anything else Cool. Okay. Um, I think we're going to start wrapping things up now. Yep. But before we end, I'd just like to ask you whether there's anything that you'd like to shamelessly plug. And I'm going <laughs> to give you um, two choices. So I'll give you two things that you can plug. So something can be um, something personal, um, a service or a product or something. And the second would be 
something that makes your working life easier that you couldn't live without. So again, that could be a product, a service. It doesn't have to be anything SEO-related. SEO mine would be uh, Vietnamese coffee, which I have every morning, and it's like rocket fuel. Um, I, yeah, I think it's... I don't know the exact pronunciation, but it's something like Trung Nguyen, I think it's called. Ooh, and, you do. Yeah, it, it's got this kind of like chocolatey sort of... Oh, wow. Like, well, yeah, that, that's what gets me up in the morning anyway. Um, Boom! Need to have that. We're going to add that one in the show notes. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Oh, um, so, nice little Amazon affiliate link. In <laughs> really good. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so uh, shameless plug. I don't have tools. Um, uh, so, but if you want to work with me, uh, hire me. Uh, get in touch. Just Google Arnold Hellman, she'll find me. Um, it's, um, yeah. If you think uh, you need help in optimizing, then, yeah, that's awesome. Um, in terms of tools, um, I think one of my favorites is Meet Franz. Okay. So Meet Franz is, uh, since we all get notifications all over the place. Ah, yeah. Um, what Meet Friends is is basically a, 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 a skinned interface for all of your communication. So it does uh, Slack, um, Facebook Messenger, Telegram, uh, WhatsApp, mm -hmm. uh, and everything in just one desktop application. Right. And it's just a skinned. So it just mm -hmm. it just uses Chrome to render a, a page, mm -hmm. say web WhatsApp and everything. Yep. But you got it into a nice overview. Right. So okay. it's it's really handy to do uh, to work with. Um, and uh, it saves me a ton of life, ton right. ton of uh, time mm -hmm. uh, instead of answering. Because some clients, they hit me up on WhatsApp, others do it on Slack, and others yep. do it on yeah, Messenger. I'm like easily be all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing is, I don't really like to be traced. Right. So I use uh, I use another. Yeah. Right. Okay. If you're in the what? industry, then that's what happens. Uh, right. You. Um, so I use uh, in um, um, for Android. I use Slim Social for uh, for my Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, it it has uh, a messenger in the app. Mm -hmm. So no different app, and it doesn't have access to your phone book or your. But you can still use all the functionality right, there okay. is. It's basically, uh, um, it's basically a web-based. No, it's basically the 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 mobile app, mm -hmm. the mobile web page, but then in an app, right. Slim Social, which is pretty cool. Uh, and I would recommend everybody to root their phones. Yep. Um, and then uh, a third one would be, um, since I travel a lot, um, would be Google Maps. Um, and then especially the um, AR navigation, uh, which okay. is currently yeah. where you can just look where to go. Right. Um, I think I, I saw you outside yeah, earlier yeah, yeah, using yeah, that on the studio. I was like, oh, no, I'm over here. I'm over here. <laughs> You're using my, uh, my headphones. Just spinning around with your phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, so those are um, so those are the main ones. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I am working on a tool, but mm -hmm. it's not here yet. 
It's no okay. competition for right. crawl, by the okay. way. Okay, right. You can sleep easy. <laughs> right. Okay. Can you give us any hints or? Um, yeah, basically, um, I want to. Uh, I want to make something that uh, monitor, monitors side speed, mm-hmm. um, nice. but in an actionable way. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I miss um, in 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 quite a few tools is that uh, in my work I'm too crowded and mm-hmm. too I've got too much to do so I only want alerts when I'm actually actionable right when okay. I need to have them mm-hmm. so uh, same goes for GA in mm-hmm. GA you can set certain bandwidth of, of things yeah. um, and I want to build something like that um, and I also want to make it f- free to use apart from if you're really happy using it and and then use a small fee. It's more like Little Warden. It okay. basically yeah. takes away some of the, uh, the things. So that's one of the things I'm working on. Okay. That wasn't a hint. That was like, that sounds like your full product roadmap, right? <laughs> thank you very no, much for sharing. No, 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 no um, worries. Yeah, I think we'll wrap things up there. So yeah. thank you very much, Arno, for joining me. And um, happy yeah, until the next time, thank you very much. Definitely. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. A massive thank you for Arno for guesting on the second ever episode of Open Dialogue. Also, thank you for listening, and I hope there was a lot of valuable information in there for you. If you want to hear more from Arno, you can find him on Twitter at Hellemans. So that's spelled H-E-L-L-E-M-A-N-S. If you want to hear more about myself, I'm at Sam underscore Marsden on Twitter. And if you want to share our little podcast with the world, then make sure to add the hashtag open underscore dialogue. You'll also be able to find a written recap of the podcast over on the Deepcrawl blog by visiting deepcrawl.com forward slash podcast. You can also sign up for our mailing list and be notified when we release new episodes on a bi-weekly basis. Also, make sure to subscribe to Open Dialogue on any of the podcasting platforms that you use. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to you joining us again for the next episode. So until the next time, goodbye.